Welcome back to Well That's Interesting. I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the one and the only who's been with me for zero, zero, nine times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> Marissa Riley. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an amazing nine times. It has. Plus, uh... Plus a few in-betweenies. Some, some delicious in-betweenies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That just get in there. This sounds very sexual. That's, that, that might have been the point. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But you know, it's not sexual. Probably whatever you're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> it is the opposite. Yeah. That is the opposite of... of yeah. Let's, let's just dive into it. We're going to talk about what happens when you're buried alive. That's a great question. It's a question I have thought about before um, because I have uh, seen the movie Kill Bill. Yes. And things could have gone a little differently. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel anxiety when my elevator stalls, you know? (laughs) That's what happened to you. Even, Even in a stalled elevator, I'm like, I don't feel good. Even, I don't feel good at even all. Even when a subway has stopped for more than three minutes, I'm like, okay, yep. I guess we're gonna die here. Oh yeah, I've been right. I've been on the L when it's so the L train. Uh, for those who don't live in New York or have never been or never been on the L train, uh, there's a tunnel between Brooklyn and Manhattan, which is two boroughs. Yeah, and I've been on the L train where it has stalled. In the tunnel, underwater. Nope. Between the two, between those two burrows. Nope. Yep. Nope. You're in a tunnel. Oh God. Under the river. <laughs> and one time the lights went out. No. So that was, so that was fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. Yeah. So imagine being buried alive under a river with people. It, during rush hour, I was standing. I was standing while that happened. Yeah, and you know, someone might smell bad. Someone might be a baby. <laughs> right. Someone might be listening to music without headphones, and it, it could and be singing bad. along and singing along. And then you redefine what your definition of hell is, and you're like, oh, was it this all along? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, <sighs> Episode 009. <laughs> what happens when you're buried alive? Uh, so what, what, what is that fear of being buried alive? It's called taphophobia. Oh, it's an actual fear. It is an actual hmm. fear. Goes back to the Greeks, of course. Taphos, meaning grave or tomb. And phobos, meaning uh, freak the fuck out by any particular thing. <laughs> so literally a fear of graves. Uh, now, a guy named uh, a guy named William Tebb, back in the early 1900s, he had a strange hobby of sorts. He liked to collect accounts of accidental burials. What? I, I think this. I think he had an anxiety. <laughs> I think he had an anxiety, and this is this is his way of oh my controlling God. it. Yeah. Accidental. Well, that's a pretty cool anxiety because that could save someone's life, right? It can. He seemed functional. He seemed high, like a high-functioning anxiety guy. Yeah. I'm only imagining the, the probably rare or nil cases where, like, he actually found someone who was alive. My brain is going to some very interesting places. <laughs> so uh, he, 
didn't save anybody. Um, oh, damn it. <laughs> he just reported on shit. Oh, um, damn it. In 1905, he found... Okay, 1905. He found 219 cases of near live burials. 149 actual live burials. What? 10 cases of live dissection. <laughs> okay, and two cases, just too, too many, two cases of awakening while being embalmed. Oh, nope, nope. Okay, that's a no. That's a lot. That's uh, a lot of things, and not very long ago. No. Uh-uh. What kind of trauma does that give you when you wake up and someone's like cutting open your chest? Oh yeah. Because they think you're dead. That it's what? a lot of trauma. I would think I would. My money's on a lot. That's where, that's where oh I'm at. Oh my god. Oof. Okay, so. We have shitty health care in modern-day United States. So I would assume a little over 100 years ago, if you were found unconscious, some 14-year-old doctor would fumble with your (laughs) unresponsive body for a bit and then declare you dead. I think that's how it went. Rich or poor seems like everybody was susceptible to an early funeral. So even famous people came down with a case of taphophobia. Dramatic composer Frédéric Chopin... Uh, dramatically requested that his heart be cut out to ensure he was dead. Really? Yep. Uh, dude whose teeth was taken from slaves and animals, you know him, George Washington. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he asked that his body be laid out for three days. Okay. So he, he cared about something. Yeah. Um, Hans Christian Andersen and Alfred Nobel both asked to have their arteries cu- cut open. Really? Yeah, and that's uh, sources from the wiki. Okay, so I heard that sometimes if they weren't sure about someone, they would bury them and they would have the little tube that went into the casket up to the surface and you could either breathe out of it or there would be a little bell attached. So if you were still alive, you'd be like, help. There you go. You read you read my mind, because guess what we're gonna talk about right now? Oh my now? god! <laughs> exactly. I think we're all kind of familiar with or heard of coffins attached to bells. Yeah. Uh, these air quotes safety coffins uh, were all the rage in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> and we spoke about the eighteen hundreds back in I think it was episode seven eight. It was a tough time. It, yeah, it was it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, so safety coffins were all the rage. Um, basically, in the event of a whoopsie-daisy, you pull on a string in your coffin, and that string was attached to the bell on the surface, just like you said. Yeah. And if the groundskeeper is not drunk and, <laughs> and nearby, theoretically, you should be saved. And I highly recommend giving safety coffins a Google, because yes. it is, that's a whole episode on its own. It could be a whole podcast on its own. Um, you'll see how elaborate things got. Some had feeding tubes, like you said. What? Yeah, like some guy had like, you like buy my feeding tube coffin. You could like squish sausages down there. Yeah, I will not get into it. Um, but I will after this. I will deep <laughs> Google this very hard. <laughs> some uh, were made of transparent glass. Some rang church bells, and some even raised flags. People were afraid of being buried alive. It is a real thing. And that's where we're going to start today. 
what if you were straight up fucking nailed shut in a coffin and buried a whole six goddamn feet in the ground? A lot, like you said, that scene in Kill Bill 2. Oh, yeah. What if you were Paula Schultz? Paula Schultz? Paula Schultz. (laughs) I made it a verb. We're going to leave you alone with your thoughts after the break. (laughs) What happens, sponsors? Oh, we're back. We're back. Which is sick, because now you want to find out what happens when you're buried alive, so... Yeah. That's pretty sick. That's very sick. You're sick. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) We're proud of you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, My source today is, once again, one of my favorites, the book, And Then You're Dead, by Cody Cassidy and Paul Daughtry, PhD. Um, If you find yourself on a nonstop 12-hour flight, I highly recommend pulling out this book. It's delightfully written, and no one talks to you. It's really (laughs) You did that, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's uh, you can it's quick read. Uh, where are we? In a coffin. Oh, okay. Damn. So, your average coffin is eighty-four inches long, twenty-eight inches wide, and twenty-three inches tall. If you're under six foot six, uh, you'd be comfortable. Um, sorry, though not again because you're the whole buried alive thing. So let me rephrase it. <laughs> you'd have room. Okay. Under six foot six. This area holds about 900 liters of air, uh, and your body takes up about uh, 80 liters of space. So you have about 820 liters of air. Okay. Okay. Now it sounds like a horrible math problem right now. Sorry. Totally fine. I might be breathing a little faster. (laughs) Heart rate is going up. Continue. Um, (laughs) Okay. So with each breath, you take in half a liter. Okay. okay. Good news, though. You only use about 20% of the oxygen per breath. So you could rebreathe the air around you before sucking out all that sweet, sweet oxygen. So it's, it's, it's a pretty good amount of time. Um, we'll get into it. Slightly reassuring. Yeah. So the air around you, as we speak, is a luscious 21% oxygen. That is the happy space. That is why we all exist air around you as you're listening to this podcast is a full plump 21% oxygen. Mm -hmm. Now, once that number starts to drop, things start to happen. Uh, For example, um, air at 12% oxygen, you start to feel headaches, dizziness, nausea, and confusion uh, as brain cells begin to starve. That's all. Oh, God. So. No. (laughs) Not the brain cells. Not the brain cells. (laughs) (laughs) Not those. Okay, so best case scenario with 820 liters of air, your coffin has about six hours worth of oxygen. That's actually a long time. It is. It is a really good long time. In my mind, I have 45 minutes. Okay. Whenever I'm buried alive in a coffin, I'm like, I got 45 minutes to get the hell out of here. It's really funny. You're like clairvoyant because keep that number involved in my mind. I'm sorry. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay, where are we? Okay, so six hours worth of oxygen. Okay, also, if you stay calm, uh, big lol. Uh, Also, (laughs) don't try and hold your breath. It actually increases oxygen use because your body is compensating for the 
CO2 buildup with all the bigger inhales you're intaking. So, okay. uh, so just meditate your ass into some controlled breathing as soon as possible. So what you're saying is when I get buried in the ground in a coffin, mm-hmm. which will happen because yes. it's 2020. I don't see how else this is going <laughs> to end. Um, I have to stay calm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're saying. I have yeah. to stay calm. Yeah, luckily you don't have access to Twitter or Instagram. This so is that's, true. So that's a good, that's a plus. You know what? <laughs> that sounds now good. Now I'm seeing this a whole different way. This might be a whole I'm Air- kind of excited about this. It could be a whole Airbnb situation. <laughs> Airbnb situation. Six whole hours to myself. Underground. Without thinking about the and president. A, and a feeding tube. And a feeding tube. And a bell. If I'm lucky. <laughs> or some flags. Some fl- oh, I'd love some flags. Yeah. So cute. Well, we just found a way to make money. I don't have a job. So <laughs> let's do this. I'll make a Squarespace later. <laughs> Bury yourself alive. $50 an hour. <laughs> let's get out of here. I don't know. Dot com. <laughs> Uh, where the fuck am I? Uh, okay, meditating your ass to some controlled breathing. I'm sure we all do that. Not, I've never done that once. No. Um, so I'm going to fast forward those six hours for okay. a minute just to keep things a little interesting. Okay, six hours later, you're not rescued. Uh, Damn it. So the oxygen drops below 10%. Okay. Mm. okay. And you finally go unconscious. That sounds uh, and great. Yeah. <laughs> At last, finally. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Jesus, six hours? What the fuck is this? I want my money back. See, I already can see the reviews. I know. They're okay, well, post. we're deleting this whole... This, yeah. This, Scrap it. We're not, Start we're not over. doing this. <laughs> I wanted six hours. Okay. Uh, six hours. Uh, fast forward. Oxygen drops 10%. You finally go unconscious. And it's, and it's sudden. Um, it's like a literal light switch. Eventually, you're in a coma, and you find death as oxygen falls from 8% to 6%, and that's just not sustainable for your lovely body. No. Okay, now, here's the thing. Um, You probably wouldn't make it the full six hours, because I didn't tell you about this part, uh, because there's something else in the coffin that's trying to kill you. What? Yeah. What else would fit? <laughs> so this is this is the beauty of life. Okay, just by breathing, you can die. So, oh God. <laughs> so just by breathing, you're replacing all the sweet, sweet oxygen with your carbon dioxide. Oh, that's you right. See, that's you see what I get into that? That's right. So, I forgot about that. So Oh God. Uh, carbon dioxide is a, is a needy bitch, uh, binding to your blood, taking up space and limiting the amount of oxygen your little cells can carry to vital things like your brain. Yeah. So normally air, like you said, the air around you had that luscious 21% oxygen, just to show you how little carbon dioxide there is in the air we breathe, it's 0.035%. Very, very little. Super small. Super, super small. But in a coffin, that teeny percentage shoots up damn quick. Once the CO2 levels rise to 20%, this renders you unconscious in 
two to three breaths. What? And then we'll kill you in minutes. Fuck. So within those minutes, your central nervous system is getting all sorts of fucked up. You're, experience, you're experiencing confusion and delirium. Your organs start to... St- stort? Sure. Stort. They stort. <laughs> they start... Your organs start to slowly asphyxiate. Oh, no. I hate your cells, it. <laughs> <laughs> just, your cells can't carry enough oxygen to them. Yeah, you'd mostly, most likely poison yourself with your own breaths before running out of oxygen. Great. And clocking in in about 150 minutes, that's right, in about two and a half hours, CO2 levels rise to lethal levels and you kill yourself dead so sorry i'm sorry i was like pumped about the six hours thing yeah i know it's a bummer it's a total bummer uh but we can get way more bummier i'm serious oh no oh no (laughs) i just made i think i just made the most horrified face because I know. She was like, she was like, it can get worse. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, it really can. Tell I'm me. sorry. Rip it off like a band aid. Tell know. me everything. We, we got it. It's it's spooky season, but it's it's actually really straightforward. Okay, so okay, what if? Okay, so okay, let's take away the coffin for a minute. All right, all right, it's gone. The coffin's gone. And we just throw your ass in a ditch. I like the coffin more, but... <laughs> okay. All right, I'm in the ditch. Okay. <laughs> You're in the ditch, and then we just cover you right up. Okay. Okay. Now, being buried under six feet of dirt is basically like being buried under six feet of concrete. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm registering this as bad. Um. Yeah. <laughs> This is not a high energy episode. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you're not going anywhere. You have about 500 pounds of weight on each arm and leg. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. That's a lot. Now, on a positive note, you don't suffocate immediately. Okay. Okay. You can't move, uh, but your diaphragm can. Okay. Okay. On a negative note, there's not much to breathe. Right, because you're in dirt. <laughs> that's that's right. See, you got this. You got the, you you got you got this. Now we know in a snow avalanche, with mm-hmm. every passing hour, the survival rate drops in half. Uh, so in the first hour, you have a fifty percent chance of survival. In two hours, a twenty five percent chance, and so on. Okay. But like you said, you know that's snow and not dirt. Dirt, right. dirt, dirt is dirt. It's compact. It's smothering. It's motherfucking dirt. Right. Now, what little air around you isn't enough to supply your organs and brain. So within minutes, and definitely less than two hours, you run out of stable levels of oxygen. Uh, you probably poison yourself with your own carbon dioxide. You get all sleepy, and yes, you slip into that coma, which leads to a real death. Not a fake death. Your fourteen-year-old, old, old-timey doctor declared you as so. Yeah, opt for the in our in our website for our Airbnb. Opt right. for the coffin. Opt for the coffin. Yeah. 
I will say that either situation, I like that you go into a coma first. Yeah. And then you technically die in your sleep, which is like... As every American would say, is ideal. Yeah, we love. Yeah, we love that. That's the American dream: is to die in your sleep. Yeah, right. It's just die. Oh no! It's to die when you're old. I don't even know. Die when you're old. I don't know what the American dream is. I don't know what it is (laughs) anymore. anymore. It's to get through 2020. My American dream, I think I tweeted the other night, I said, uh, my American dream was just to have enough pets to name them like generic human names, like Steve. Oh my God, Steve. <laughs> like, that's Steve. my American dream. <laughs> I think that's a better American dream than uh, dying in your sleep. Yes. I think all of us can agree, especially the listeners. Let's all just get uh, dogs and name them Nick and Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And Carolyn. Carolyn. <laughs> Or, or another part of my American dream was naming pets after occupations. Oh yes, yes, like, yes. Like uh, I want really, I really want to name a parrot sex work. Amazing, sex work. Mm-hmm. It would be especially thrilling because it would know and repeat it back to you. <laughs> and when people came over, it would just be like sex work. Like, <laughs> see, I'm sex work. <laughs> oh. The American dream. The American dream. Right there. Uh, Christ, where are we? Uh, so we've been buried alive and it really sucks. Um, okay, so now, um, these were just numbers and facts and such, and, it, um, and I'm sorry, it's more math. So would you like to hear actual stories of actual people? Yes. Okay, well, I've got three for you, and it's Excellent. really great. Amazing. As long as they're not about me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll double check. Um, <laughs> now, remember a good old uh, William Tebb back in 1905? Sure. So he found two cases of... Oh, actual- yes, this guy. I was yeah. just agreeing. I was like, oh, a new name. And you- <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. The worst co-host. Yes, the person you mentioned not 10 minutes ago. Yes. You're the best co-host. You just went with my parrot named Sex Work. <laughs> You're just like... I did an impression of it. <laughs> it was not a good impression, but... I gave it a shot. You're the only parrot I have. <laughs> it's the best one. Anyways, William Tabb, whose name I know. Yeah, back in 1905, he found two cases of accidental embalming. Now, those two folks were already considered dead. So I, un- it's understandable they started the embalming process when they got the body. Yeah. Um, but in 2018, yes... 2018. Oh my god. In, you guessed it, Russia. Russia. In Russia, a 28 year old woman was, uh, she went into surgery for for ovarian cysts. Very painful. Yes. Um, So she went in for that procedure. Um, And it's possible the IV she was hooked up to wasn't saline. Quote, Doctors accidentally gave her formalin, which is a fluid with a very high proportion of formaldehyde. Oh my god. The chemical used to preserve dead bodies, end no. quote. No. Uh-huh. Oh no. According to TheVerge.com, the woman actually survived 14 hours after the surgery. But during that time, she complained very bluntly 
that it felt like her organs were dying. Yeah. (laughs) Formalin is 40% formaldehyde. Oh, my God. It's suspected she survived for that long, those 14 hours, perhaps because it didn't concentrate in one or two major organs. Quote, the heart probably pumped the formalin through her uh, arteral system, her, like, through her arteries and shit. Right, right. And so it would have spe- spread throughout her entire body. Quote, I can only imagine it would, f- it would have felt like a burning sensation. You're being ripped apart on a molecular, molecular level from the inside out. End quote. Says Caleb Wilde, author of Confessions of a Funeral Director. Oh my god. Okay, so... This is what I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, it saved her life because it didn't go to one or two organs, it just went a little bit everywhere. Yep. You got it. Oh my god. It's a little bit everywhere, just to... Oh god. Just, just... Just Just a little formaldehyde. And a little bit everywhere, yeah, it's a little bit of seasoning. Okay. Okay. Okay, tell me more. uh, So yes... Uh, Ectorina uh, Fedyaeva died a very slow, very excruciating death. Um, so, you know what? Let's, let's end with some fucking survival, I think. Yes. I think that's what we should do. This is, yes. this is a pretty heavy episode. Okay, so I'm going to read two accounts directly from the article. Four people who were buried alive and how they got out. <laughs> Amazing article that I will be Googling later. (laughs) Mentalfloss.com. Our first story. Essie Dunbar. Essie Dunbar. In 1915, a 30-year-old South Carolinian named Essie Dunbar suffered a fatal attack of epilepsy. Or so everyone thought. Mm. After declaring her dead, doctors placed Dunbar's body in a coffin and scheduled her for funeral the next day so that her sister, who lived out of town, would be able to pay respects. Okay. But Dunbar's sister didn't travel fast enough. She arrived only to see those last clods of dirt atopped the grave. This didn't sit well with Dunbar's sister, who wanted to see Essie one last time. Yeah. She ordered that the body be removed. And when that coffin lid was opened, Essie sat up, and smiled at all around her. Essie lived for another 47 years. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, (sighs) she was in a coma-like state. And maybe because of that, she took in less oxygen. And maybe probably that's why she survived. Um, and we only really know because of this case I'm going to talk to you about. Okay. okay. I, by the way, if that, if I had been the sister seeing I would have just peed my pants. I would have just, <laughs> I would have passed out. They would have to get me a coffin next. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, that would be the scariest freaking thing yeah. in the world. Yeah. She only survived because her sister wanted to see her. That's, it's just mind blowing. Oh, amazing. Amazing. All right. Angelo Hayes. Angelo Hayes was a 19-year-old Frenchman uh, and probably the most remarkable 20th century instance of alleged premature burial. In 1937, I'm quoting directly from the article here, 
1937, Hayes wrecked his motorcycle and the impact threw the young man from his machine headfirst into a brick wall. Hayes' face was so disfigured that his parents weren't allowed to view the body. After locating no pulse, the doctors declared Hayes dead, and three days later, he was buried. Mm. But because of an investigation helmed by a local insurance company, his body was exhumed two days later after oh, the funeral. My God. Much, to, much to those at the Forensic Institute's surprise, Hayes was still warm. He had been in a deep coma, and his body's diminished need for oxygen had kept him alive. Whoa! Whoa! Right. After numerous surgeries and some rehabilitation, Hayes recovered completely. In fact, he became a French celebrity. People traveled from afar to speak with him. And in the 1970s, he went on tour with a very souped-up security coffin, oh or we might call them uh, safety coffins. Safety coffins, yes. He made his own, inventing uh, uh, like one featuring thick upholstery, a food locker, a toilet, and even a library. That was his coffin. What? He a made his library? Own, he made his own safety coffin, and it's totally understandable because, Angelo, your taphophobia is justified. Oh, my he, God. He buried alive. Amazing. That's freaking amazing. Okay, in my safety coffin, I want coffee. I want a bottle of wine, an iPad. I finally figured out what to do with that iPad. Put yeah. it in the coffin. A phone. There you go. That's your. That's all you need. You need a good Wi-Fi signal and a. Uh, oh yeah, a router. Yeah. Very important. Mm-hmm. And then some something to plug everything into. Yeah, it's got to have a good battery life. Oof. Yeah, I'm gonna need like a whole apartment. <laughs> just like a student. Can you just bury me in an underground studio apartment? <laughs> Then if I wake up, I, I don't even have to, like, tell anyone. I could just live down there. Yeah, just for a little bit, which I think everybody wants to do. Yeah, in an underground coffin studio apartment. Yeah, wake me up six years later. There you go. We all need a six-year break. <laughs> this got very morbid. <laughs> I loved it, though. This I was stressing about this episode because I knew what it was about. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be hard to listen to. It's going to make me claustrophobic. I freaking loved it. It was a good time. This was awesome. Who doesn't love a good feeding tube? Um. Do <laughs> <laughs> so. like how I just said nothing? <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Well, that's Please interesting do. pod. Uh, email us at well, that's interesting pod at Gmail. Tell us any weird shit you learned or just yeah. life lessons you learned, yeah. just email us. Just email us. Uh, what We're else? Here. What else do we have? Uh, you want to support this podcast? You want it to be the absolute best it can be? Uh, yeah, you do. There is a link at the end of the description that says support this podcast or anchor.fm slash well, that's interesting. And you could support us monthly. You um, really can. It's a very nice thing to do. It is a very nice thing to do. Oh, God, I can't think of anything else other than stay interesting. Please do.